from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. This is Locked On Chiefs, and this is another fun day in the kingdom. I'm going to be joined here by Matt Derrick of the KC Sports Network here very shortly. He still has Chiefs Digest out there as well. You want to check both of those out. We're going to talk about the state of this particular franchise, but I want to get to a couple of things first. A couple of news and notes that actually happened after yesterday's show when I recorded the intro for that. This is Ryan Tracy, the founder of Rogue Analytics, and your host at RGR Football. You can check both those out, and I'd appreciate that as always. One of them is that Tom Bahali has signed a one-day contract. He's going to retire chief, and I think we all knew that was going to happen, but I just want to say here on this platform that it was a pleasure to watch him, and I'm glad to see that this recent trend of the Chiefs doing the one days, having the players back in the building, giving them the jerseys. We've seen a number of players come through there. Derek Johnson was actually on with Tomba while he was in the facility, and um, I think his is one of the most uh, entertaining of those days that we've seen when Colquitt actually gave him the jersey and everything. I'm glad to see that. And I think that Tomba, uh, I think, gave his all to this organization, quite frankly, maybe a little bit more than he should have in terms of uh, playing past when his health was at risk. Uh, didn't look like he was moving too well, and, and you have to feel for him there. Um, the game has a toll that it takes on players, and even though he has not been removed from the game that long, you can tell that it, it's had an effect. And Giving that all and going through the trip, the changes, the evolution, really, of what Tama did from the time that he was signed to be a you know, power end to learning to stand up and play linebacker to making drops, it was quite a progression. And I think that not only do the teams of the era that he played on owe him a great deal of gratitude for pushing them through, uh, but so does Chiefs Kingdom because there were some very, very sullen years there that he was one of the only lights that kept things moving forward and cheers to him. A little bit of news, Eric Fisher is going to be an Indianapolis Colt uh, old friend Chris Ballard, who was here when they drafted him, uh, is going to make that move. Looks like 9.4 on a salary basis, and we don't know the exact dates. They're very optimistic. Evidently, the procedure um, has come a long way, and the six- to nine-month prognosis is something they feel he can live up to. So, like I said, that puts him at about midseason, and... That personally feels about right. I hope that they don't rush it for his sake. I'm glad that he landed not only with an organization that uh, I think he should feel comfortable with, but one that will appreciate him, uh, as will Carson Wentz. And I think that's going to be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. And then lastly, I want to point out that on Tuesday, A. Jordan Ta'amu cleared waivers. So like I said, there could be some churn. He could be coming back. You never know if they'll re-sign somebody. But also... The one piece that we haven't heard in all of this O-line talk through this is that they tendered Andrew Wiley, a guy that now has two guys brought in at his right guard spot that I think he should be concerned about, but he signed his tender and he will play for 2.1, I think, is his salary in 2021, and he will be available. Now, I think that's key, not only because now he is within the fold, I think he may find it difficult to... Um, push through and maintain the level of play that he had before in terms of getting on the field and getting a number of snaps. But I think it also makes him uh, a value for the team and for other teams. So we're going to keep a close eye on what happens with him as this offseason goes by. 
I think there's going to be some desire and some interest from other teams. We'll see what happens. And we're also going to see where Matt Derrick stands on this and a number of other topics as we get with him coming up next. Hey, Chiefs fans, listen up. Nugenics, the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC, is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. Get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T. Text DRAFT to 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and lean muscle mass. Plus text now, and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients, to help you get back in shape, text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Eugenics Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. If you're over 40, don't let age get in the way. Get your edge back with Nugenics. There's a reason Nugenics has been the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC for years. It works. And of course, it's Wednesday. That means you don't have to listen to just me. You get to listen to Matt Derrick from KC Sports Network and Chiefs Digest. How are you, Matt? Uh, I'm doing okay. How are you, Ryan? I'm I'm doing the same. Like I'm enjoying this lull after the draft. Like I could sleep a little bit. You know what an idea. I haven't been able to get the sleep yet, so <laughs> that's that's still that's still an elusive item. But we're working on that. We're working on that. <laughs> well, I, I'm I'm sure you'll get there very soon. I I'm glad it it feels like a brand new week. What an idea! I uh, I'm guessing that you're pretty excited too. And you know, when you get some sleep, it'll probably come through there. Um, I'm working and just about finished as we record this with a a nice film review of Nick Bolton. And after he is like the headliner of this draft class, when you take a step back and it's been a little bit, how are you feeling about his selection and his fit and where we might see him here as they get ready for rookie minicamp? Yeah, you know, I mean, I haven't I haven't moved very much because I was obviously pretty high on Bolton as it was. I always thought he was a really good fit with this defense. I will say, I mean, probably talking with people around the team, um, yeah, I think there's more confidence in that selection that Bolton is the kind of guy that if the Chiefs are able to get a a, a reasonable off season, they're able to get a you know at least a little bit of OTAs during during this you know the next couple of months and couple of few weeks. And then get a full training camp. I mean, there's expectation that, yeah, maybe he could handle a little bit of relief role in that Mike linebacker spot and, and start getting some experience setting the defenses and, and maybe be a more possible number two behind Hitchens in that spot than, than maybe just having to rely on Ben Neiman. So I think there's reasonable expectations there. But yeah, I mean, I've always felt like that between him and Willie Gay for the future, I think that can be a really good pair. I think they'll play off each other really well. Yeah, I, I do like that as well, especially when you can take some of the, I think, processing issue off of Willie, let him be the athlete that he is, let Nick do what he's done and kind of set the defense and run the thing, and he's got great instincts. We know that. I think it's really interesting that he might be able to get to that spot as a as a rookie. Like That, I think, is a nice expectation to have. I think that they're going to try to wrangle him on the field in the base defense, kind of like they did with Willie last year, you know, whenever they can. But I think it all comes down to his personal analogy traits, things that aren't on the film, in that he's been a leader, that he can digest the playbook, that he understands the alignment, not just for his own assignment, but for everybody in front of him as well. And that seems like it's right up his alley. Yeah, I mean, you know, his transition to the league is going to be a little bit different than Willie Gay's because just because of the amount of college experience that he had, um, you know, Willie Gay just didn't have as many snaps and games under his belt mm-hmm. as, as Nick Bolton has. 
And they're also different players. I mean, Nick Bolton is a very instinctive, high football IQ kind of, you know, player. And Willie Gay is, is much more read and react, just, you know, physical and, and, and athletic player. So they go about things two different ways. And, and that's a little bit of why I think you hit it on the head there. I mean, if you're, if you're able to unleash Willie Gay to just do the things that he can do athletically and you got the guy, you know, that, you know, Anthony Hitchens has been called kind of a glue guy with this team. Nick Bolton needs to be that. If he can be the glue guy for this defense, then that's going to allow Willie Gay to do some other things. And that's why I think there's really great potential to pair these guys up and that they can play off of each other. Yeah, I, I like that concept as well because I would like to see them get back to where they have two linebackers on the field, even in the nickel, so that they can stop some of that, you know, time adjusted run gashing that happens. We know that this isn't going to change the paradigm. They wanted that. They would have, you know, tried to trade up for Micah Parsons or Zayvon Collins or somebody that is that huge uh, take on, you know, pressure up the middle. But I will say this: in going through the film, the thing that has most surprised me that I thought he was pretty good at before, but I find even more so as long as he gets off and he can make the read and hit it, he's actually a lot better at producing pressure from the linebacker spot than I had originally taken in my first little three game review. Do you think that? That ability could be something that Spags looks at and said, hey, now I can sprinkle this in more. Maybe he has abilities down the line next season, season after that Hitch doesn't, that we can be more aggressive from that spot. Yeah, I don't think there's any doubt about that. I mean, that's that's something that certainly that they're they're hoping those capabilities lie in there. I think you absolutely nailed it in that regard. And and you're absolutely I think you're right, too. I mean, as far as how many linebackers that the Chiefs want to be able to get on the field, I I think that. In a dream world, they would probably play the true four three a little bit more, and and having a guy like Bolton, I think allows that because I think that there's a reasonable chance that Nick Bolton picks up the most of his snaps this year from Dan Sorensen. I mean, he might not pick up and, and cobble together the most from Anthony Hitchens. That's mm-hmm. where he might pick them up. I mean, I, I think Willie Gay probably going to be eating a lot of snaps from that wouldn't that went to Damian Wilson last year. That's probably the guy that that he's really picking the snaps from. Um yeah, you're going to get some from Ben Neiman, but if, if the Chiefs get into a spot where Neiman is the true backup, you know, can back up at all three positions reliably. Um if your, you know, base is uh, and by base I'm talking about more of a two linebacker set. I mean, if your top two guys consistently are Hitchens and and Gay, I think that's a good duo for 2021 and a 4-3 if that can be Bolton if he can be on the field with those guys and then Neiman is a true backup at all three spots and even Bolton can can fill in with Hitchens when he needs a spell or uh is injured anything of that nature then I think you got a really good rotation there. I mean, I think that's the way that they're hoping it will play out. We'll see when training camp comes along. Um but I think that's their dream scenario right now. It's interesting that you say Sorensen snaps because you're right with the way that Dan has come down into the box traditionally and been that guy that can stand in there when he has to. Now, he's actually taller than Nick Bolton is, but Nick's got him by a few pounds. And so I think he's <laughs> hey, used Nick, to the role. Nick Bolton grew an inch when he got to Kansas City. A, well, lot, hey. of, a lot of guys are growing an inch. <laughs> Noah Gay is an inch taller than he was on his pro day. Nick Bolton is now six feet tall. Well, hey, <laughs> welcome to the world. I so maybe don't not have... a full inch, but he's six feet tall now. That's right. We're all still looking up to you, so it's going to be fine. But yeah, it's interesting how that happens, right? Um, nothing against the college programs, but they, they have a tendency to be a little bit, you know, 
braggadocious and, it's fine and, and, and sometimes like i said sometimes what you measure on um, on combine day and pro days amazingly enough in those you know six weeks players grow quite a bit <laughs> a poof effect you know players are going to grow into roles as well and i do want to ask a couple of questions on the backside of this i want to get a couple of guys that have been here before and might be here again coming up next bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football might be over but the nba college basketball and nhl are going to be back in full swing and bet online even covers award shows reality tv all kinds of stuff Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar's the amazing low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, amazing-tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors, but let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15. For 15% off at BuiltBar.com. So before we went to break, I wanted to get into two guys. One of your guys just signed his tender, and Andrew Wiley's going to be back. Yep. I I feel like this is like a little pat on the back here. I'm glad you got this tender done. And it felt like maybe he was waiting to see what they did, and now he's ready to jump into the fray. Am I misreading something? Because this looks like it's going to be a battle. Oh, it's going to be a battle. I mean, there's no doubt about it. But, you know, to be honest, I mean, breaking it down right now, I mean, because uh, the Chiefs have 15 offensive linemen on the roster as it is. And and honestly, I mean, if you look at it, there's going to be guys last year who are on this team that are going to be maybe a little bit more borderline or they're going to be some practice squad candidates or are going to make the roster because some other positions don't pan out. I mean, we've talked about it. I mean, as 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 I think optimistic as everybody is about this group, there are question marks. I mean, LDT is a question mark. You don't know where he's at since the last time he was on a football field. Um, he's almost thirty years old now. That's mm-hmm. that's a difference. Uh, you know, Kyle Long is a huge question mark. We don't know what he is because the last time that he was on a football field wasn't it best Kyle Long. I mean, the best Kyle Long has been more than one year. I mean, it's been a few seasons since you've seen the best of him. And of that 15, you know, hey, your Sir Durant in, in, a, in a typical year may not have been on the 53 last year. I mean, that might have been a practice squad position for him. Um, Daryl Williams is, you know, coming back from the practice squad. I mean, if the Chiefs are carrying nine or 10 guys, a guy like Andrew Wiley, to me, almost becomes probably a 90% lock to make the roster. I mean, He's a little bit pricier. So if it comes down between him and, and Austin Blythe, then yeah, maybe you're having a question. And, and, and obviously, some of these have to be currency too. I mean, the Chiefs have got a lot of depth. So if everybody works out and if the Chiefs are sitting there at the end of August and they've got 10 or 11 offensive linemen that they really, really like, well, suddenly you're in a great position to make a deal and, and pick up some guys around the league who you're not going to be able to get on waivers, especially in the Chiefs waiver spot. So, not only, I mean, that's the thing to remember is that the Chiefs aren't all just necessarily 
trying to find the best nine or 10 offensive line guys, they've also got a chance to turn these guys into currency for, for whether it's future, another player, future draft picks, whatever it may be. I mean, there's a lot, they're working on a lot of different levels here. So yeah, I mean, to me, I mean, a guy like Andrew Wiley, I, I would put him right now probably in that 90 plus percentile to make the roster. I mean, I think he's just that much of a lock unless, like I said, you know, that everybody pans out and suddenly he becomes a piece that you can move. But a guy that can play, you know, three, four positions, that's a pretty valuable depth piece. Yeah, and that's an advantage over LDT. Um, and quite frankly, it's an advantage over long, even if they are both back to where they should be for their ages. Because I think you could reasonably assume that either of them can start at right guard. I think Long could probably start at tackle if he, if he is back fully healthy. But so that puts Wiley as, as one of the key backups. And I, I'm interested because there's it seems like there's a log jam right now at right guard. I think they'll all have a little bit of commodity, but I wonder on the open market if Wiley isn't the guy that, because of his youth and, like you said, poor position versatility, if he isn't the guy that has the most trade value out there, if they get to that point and they're all working out. Yeah, and, and Reichardt's an interesting position to mention because essentially, by and large, you could argue that the Chiefs have three incumbents at right guard. I mean, LDT was the starter <laughs> the last time he was here. Uh, Mike Rimmer stepped into that spot. The only reason he moved out the tackle was because of injuries. That was his spot. Andrew Wiley finished the season as the right guard, you know, and, and until he had to move. So, yeah, you've got three guys right there that are truly the could make claim to be the incumbent at right guard for this team. So that is going to be a, a pretty, pretty interesting position battle. But uh, versatility, especially for those five, six, seven, eight, nine. And I think 10 offensive linemen on this roster is not out of the realm of possibilities, especially with roster construction the way they are today you have a 55 player game day roster when you do that carrying 10 offensive linemen is a whole lot easier right and i wonder if it wasn't for that you'd have to sacrifice somewhere else and one thing that i'm still leaning towards is two other positions that i find very interesting with what they're doing with them signing of jared mckinnon obviously with everybody that's under the contract already do you feel like if they do keep 10 that it could cost somebody at that position, do they only go into a 17-game season with three running backs on the roster? They could. I mean, especially if, you know, that that last running back spot, last receiver spot, maybe the last corner spot, those could end up absolutely being practice squad rotational type positions that, you know, maybe you do on the 53. If you want to carry a 10th offensive lineman because you've got depth there and you want to make sure that, you don't end up where you were last year. That if you start piling up the injuries, that you've got veteran experience depth, then yeah, you're going to have to squeeze a roster spot from somewhere. Well, you can do that now with the with the practice squad promotions because you could you could any one of these positions, you know, you could really just rotate through your your roster as far as guys you need to pull up on game day. So you could bring up a, a fifth or a sixth receiver. You could bring up a third or a fourth tight end. You can do that week to week based on, uh, you know, what you're facing and and the defenses and the offenses you're going up against. So there's a little bit of strategy there, um, but it's a whole lot easier. The Chiefs have not been afraid to carry nine on the offensive line as it is. I mean, they've done 10 on a few weeks here and there, but now in the, the modern age of roster construction, I think it's a little bit easier. It feels like it is to me. And the other position I think is really interesting, the way they've gone about it, and we'll talk about this more on RGR coming up as well. But right now, it's so young at the corner spot. It just feels like 
if they were going to go out, and maybe it's it's the rookie minicamp, and we don't know any of the list yet, right? <laughs> we don't we don't have official signings, but there's going to be plenty of corners out there. They they have a couple of brand new ones. They have guys they can bring back from last year. Obviously, Bo P. Keys. This should be a, a very important week for him. But does it surprise you that Bashad Breland hasn't been offered a contract yet? It, does it surprise you that they don't have another option at, at a veteran corner at the position that they've brought in? Yeah, the the Bashad, the Bashad Breland issue doesn't surprise me yet. I mean, I, it certainly you know seems like maybe there's a little bit of disconnect on on price. Um, there might be some availability issues. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. I mean, I still think that he's a possibility. I mean, Chiefs are certainly interested. They've had a good relationship with Bashad going back even to the season that he didn't come to Kansas City. I mean, he was really mm-hmm. close to, to coming to Kansas City. Um, there's a good relationship there. So I think he could still come in. Part of it is that, you know, I mean, it, the, the Chiefs are thin and young there. And thin is probably the bigger concern than anything else because you're just in a spot right now that if guys start going down, where's the depth? You know, you don't have that experience depth at corner, which is an issue. But honestly, you just don't have depth, period. The Chiefs actually, I think, really are happy with their top four guys. If if DeAndre Baker's healthy by the beginning of the season, which all indications I've received are that he will be, okay, you know, if, if he's if he becomes your th- number three guy, if he's that point, which the Chiefs felt at the end of last year that he was fighting for that spot and could put, certainly well be positioned for twenty one to be that guy. If Rashad Fenton is your fourth corner, that's a pretty good spot. I mean, that's a happy spot to be at. Chiefs wouldn't have any problem with that. Um, and you know, and Will Parks coming in too, a safety by nature, but you know, listed as a DB. And part of that is because, you know, I do think that the Chiefs saw his versatility the last few seasons with the ability to play that nickel spot and play in the slot that he can provide some depth there too. So Parks is an interesting addition. If he makes the team, I think that he is kind of that swing guy. I mean, he's a little bit like Tyron Matthew and, and maybe he could take a little bit of the heat off of Matthew of as far as how many, snaps he would have to play in the slot yeah that's a big plus and i think that's what they got to be reaching for so thank you for cluing us into where we are now we got some stuff coming here at the end of this week and we'll have more to talk about next week thanks for the time today matt as always ryan thanks a lot folks kc sports network as well as chiefs digest don't forget that one we'll be back with you tomorrow thanks for listening we'll talk to you then Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening.